This is Gio Galvano, and you're checking out the Three Count Podcast. Hit him with a, hit him with a three count. Pin him to the ground and the crowd go wild, man. Now I know what y'all like. Hit him with a three count. Everybody can be hearing me as I'm saying that. Which is fine. It's fine. It's fine, okay? We're doing it live and without Chaz. So you guys don't worry about that part. But let's get into this because you know what? This is time. It is the debate show and it is coming live on November 28th. This will be the last show of the month because, you know, fun fact, December is is next week. That's why it's happening. But I am not Chaz. I'm not your uncle, your brother, your nephew, your cousin, whatever he says, that whole thing. And, you know, he's not here today, but I am. So let's get into this business of whooping some ass. But we got to go down the roster first and foremost. Let's give it up for our person who's always here, but he never has a real wrestling opinion because he doesn't really have a wrestling opinion. He just does whatever Wrestle Talk tells him to do. Give it up for the sleepy one, the one who's the college boy, JJ. Drip driving, got the club vibing. Love the sidewalks for keeping me off the streets. Chitty, chitty, banging. Study every day in. That's all. <laughs> it's wild, man. Day, my goodness. You have like, you have just <laughs> your intros, just the way that you handle them, bro. It's, it's just magnificent. So who is here today with us? We have a special guest. This man is just if there was a building, this man would be the World Trade Center of Invictus Pro Wrestling. Give it up for the man himself, Alex Seta. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much for having me. No, I'm I am so excited. To debating. Yeah, it was funny because I saw your post and you're like, hey, I'm looking to get into the scene. Can I get into some base? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is happening. You're like, one of my favorite guests that we had on uh, now entering the ring. And so I wanted to bring you back on and I was like, let's do it. And uh, yeah, we made it happen, Captain. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me back. I'm excited to, uh, you know, kind of change it up a little bit. Last time we were just interviewing. Now we're, uh, now we're going to get some bass in our voices, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. And then also, you know, you, like we said, like you've been doing all the Invictus stuff, you know, we actually did an interview show and then we came out and just helped you set up the show. We got to enjoy the Invictus product and, you know, we're hopefully coming back out because we, you know, kind of lost some of the dates. So now that we get the dates put back together, we're going to be back up in the area because we definitely want to be a part of Invictus because, you know, you guys have like this fun mission and just this fun drive. And I just, you know, I want you to kind of talk about like Invictus and what they stand for, and you know, how you guys became like the big entity that you are now. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. A lot's changed uh, um, since the last time I was on. But, man, basically, our whole goal is, like you said, just to make wrestling fun. If it's not fun, there's no point in doing it. Uh, we want the talent to have fun. We want the fans to have fun. Um, and variety is the name of the game. Uh, we hope to, you know, have something on our shows to please every taste, please every palate. Um, we got a big show coming up on january 29th winter's wrath coming to you from the knights of columbus in ridgefield park new jersey um haven't quite announced a lot of matches for that yet we have announced that we 
got the women's championship match. Vicious Vicky defending her title against Kaya McKenna, y'all's homegirl from uh, Maryland ways. Um, so that's going to be great. It's been a match half a year in the making. Um, so that's going to be good. Got a bunch of big names coming in that we have not announced yet, but if you follow our socials, you will find out very soon. Um, and then we also have, uh, it will, um, yes, it's uh, going to be confirmed soon, but you will hear it here first. We have a final call, which is going to be our exclusive New Year's special, uh, which is going to be airing on IWTV and our YouTube channel on December 30th, I believe. Awesome. December, I gotta double check my thing, make sure I get it right. It is 29th, um, but that's gonna have some exclusive never before seen matches, uh, interviews, behind the scenes footage, a lot more. Uh, so we got some big things up the pipeline and I'm excited to share it with all of you. Yeah, and I'm not gonna front. I'm super excited just to like see like, the whole project get played out and I'm I will like literally put that in my my calendar so uh, if you guys want January 29th you guys can catch up with me um at Invictus because we're gonna make that I'll just say that right now like I'll just be there and you know whether I'm on a show or not I'm not really worried we can actually just have a lot of fun anyway and, and just enjoy it you know the last time we were up there we had a great time with Joey G and you know sooner he ended up putting me on his podcast and we brought him on our podcast so we we've had we've had our cross promotions and it's been awesome so definitely definitely uh big connections that are going and you know like you said vicious vicky the vivacious vicious vicky we had her actually on the show as well as kaya mckenna she was on the show so if you guys get a chance go check them out on now engine ring and then you guys can get an idea of who they are and then when you get to find out how they're going to clash it's gonna be fucking awesome and i well. dropped the f on fully knowing we're gonna get demonetized but i don't care <laughs> that match is gonna be awesome <laughs> kicking it ec dub style yeah but yeah we're not here to talk about what's going on even though i do want to talk about what's going on with the victims but we're going to talk about some debate topics but before we get into those debate to- debate topics we got to talk about the match of the week so since you are our new guy here alex we're going to have you talk about your favorite match of the week um okay so I'm going to go for a deep cut um, this week. And I mean that uh, figuratively and literally because uh, match of the week, are we just limited to TV matches or can we talk about indies as well? You can talk about indies. In that case, then I got to give it to um, from uh, H2O, which we were talking about earlier, um, their last November event, uh, which took place uh, this past weekend. Uh, Ricky Shane Page versus Matt Tremont, no ropes barbed wire match. Um, death matches are certainly an acquired taste. They are not always my cup of tea, but when they're done right, they are excellent. And I really got to hand it to Tremont and uh, RSP. Um, story's been a year in the making, literally. Uh, Ricky Shane Page retired Tremont last year. Um, and then him and his uh, Ohio hooligans, uh, 440, have been kind of like wreaking havoc in H2O ever since. And they did this really great story of like Tremont, like sitting on the sidelines, like kind of watching his promotion be destroyed and not being able to do anything about it. Um, and then with uh, Onita kind of like goading Tremont out of retirement, it sort of gave him the opening to then come back and like fight for his promotion's honor. So I just thought it was like 
really refreshing to see some like actual well done like long-term storytelling in the deathmatch sphere which is like i feel like it's a lot more sensational you don't really see that as much um so i really enjoyed it it's on iwtv would definitely recommend you check it out and there you go jj your match of the week you're on mute see this is why I, this is how i know like you don't pay attention man i didn't know if he was on mute or he was just thinking he was just like, oh, no, I, know no. what it, I know what it's like so, to be put on the spot like that, my dude. <laughs> Look, so I, I had to um, get my uh, headphones in. So uh, my match of the week would be the CM Punk match. Uh, I thought it was, I, I liked it. I thought it was a solid match. And then also coming off of that huge promo with um, MJF. So that, that's my match of the week. I know there are some other great matches in AEW per se, but I just personally like that match. So. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. Uh Full transparency, there is not a Red Dogs Power Rankings this week. Honestly, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. And don't worry, you guys will see all that stuff come out here soon because it's all going to be a part of the, the YouTube channel. Um, but for me, I, I, I'm tossed up between two different matches because it's two different styles, right? One would be Roman Reigns versus Big E, right? I just like two, two yes. meaty men slapping me. <laughs> Doesn't. And then... The other side of things, man, was Brian Danielson um, and Cole Cabana. I thought that they told like this awesome story of a guy who was desperately trying to get a win in Chicago against a, a newer heel because obviously Brian Danielson now turning heel and then like trying to do the one up on everything, whether it was chain wrestling, high flying or even just like, hard hitting and just couldn't get the job done and I genuinely enjoyed it and I was like man this is something that's captivated me and I'm just riding like the high of it so it I'm, I'm tossed up between those two matches uh so I think I'll just leave it at that and just call it time just because it's different different styles that we got to experience yeah so we're getting into our first debate topic and this is going to hit kind of close to home because as many of you know I am I'm a worker right? Full transparency. I'm a worker, right? Uh, I'm making no secret and neither does Chaz. So with the release of a bunch of WWE, MLW, Impact, um, geez, ROH, all their stars, right? The, de- the de- topic comes up as, will it be harder for younger indie talent to get booked on shows now that there's all these releases? Um, and the way we'll go around is, I'm going to start with JJ and then Alex, I'm going to let you go and then I'll wrap up and then we can have our debates after that. Um, I think it depends on your perspective. Um, as a fan perspective, I find it that um, iron, sharp, iron sharpens iron. So I think the more competition, the better product that you'll get. And that's just how I feel about it as a, as a perspective of a fan. So that that's the perspective that I'm going to take on it. Iron sharpens iron. Diamonds sharpen diamond. Um, it'll make a better product. Uh, we'll get better matches for it. And I think the independent scene could use that. Okay. Alex? Yeah. Um, I mean, when, when the news came out about the most recent wave of releases, and I guess really before that as well um the big uh question that you know i i kept seeing come up online is you know oh where, where are they going to end up like what place would be a good fit for you know um all of these 
you know, talents that have been released or each of these talents that have been released. Uh, my big question isn't so much where they're going to end up as how they're going to be used. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, it, it used to be for a very long time that uh, when you have guys leave WWE and return to the independent circuit, um, they would come automatically elevated. Uh, so they'd come with like, you know, this kind of automatic clout and they, you know, it was advantageous to promoters because they, these guys were both draws in and of themselves, but they could also be used to elevate new talent, build new talent, share their wisdom and experience behind the scenes. Uh, but now that's not necessarily the case, right? Um, because now you have, you know, the turnaround. I mean, some of these new releases were with the company less than six months. Um, so in a way, it's almost like a great equalizer uh, between, you know, the, the amount of releases coming out and then also like the uh, uh, elevation of the indies. The indies are at an all-time high right now. So I feel like in a way, it almost puts everyone on the same playing field. Um, you know, those those spots aren't guaranteed to anyone. So like JJ was saying, you know, I think iron sharpens iron. Competition is good for everyone. Um I got a lot more to say, but I do. I want to hear your perspective first as a as a worker because I am curious to know. So I'm on I'm on two sides of it, right? Um, I do see it, it's going to be a little tougher, right? And I say that only in the sense that although the indie scene is blooming, there's still limited places to work, right? Huh. And with that being said, and <laughs> full transparency. Uh, we know that there's certain bookers out there who are going to get that big, big name person. And then they're going to bring in like a bunch of like low, they're going to lowball a lot of other talent. And then those talent may or may not get something out of it. It just kind of depends on like what's going on. Um, I am interested because yeah, I would love to be able to work a seminar with someone like Buddy Murphy or like I just recently got to do one with Rich Swan right and this was like back actually in September um but he's you know he's still with impact but would love to be able to l- learn from like Buddy Murphy or a Malachi Black or Andrade El Idaro, right or just go work with um be able to work with you know like Shane Taylor right from Ring of Honor and Jay Lethal because those guys are all free now and then run with TJP right because you know he's not an impact anymore and I, I see all this talent right that's out there that when it comes to like East Coast like who knows right i mean there's only really really a week there's 52 shows some promotions only run one every three months or maybe one every other month right so you're still limited on the spots that you can get to and if you have these big names that kind of gobble up those those spots you're kind of left out there on the on the on the all alone on the island and you're still trying to make that way you're make way way through what i have noticed and it was something that we kind of like talked about behind the scenes a little bit was there are, pro, there are promotions out there that are now understanding that they can develop a second show and bring more talent in, like younger talent, to help develop and, and make those guys better so they can be on those bigger shows. And I find that interesting. And I hope that a lot of companies will go that route because then yeah. you, can, you can do a lot with that, right? So like you run like a Saturday afternoon show where you have like kids and shows and kids come through and they can meet the wrestlers and stuff. And then you can do like a night show where like, you can make that the 21 and plus or the 18 plus show and enjoy that atmosphere. But I don't think every promotion has the funds to be able to do something like that. And I think that's what worries me is that they're going to be like, well, 
we'll put all our eggs in this basket and not worry about these homegrown talent that can like come and still connect with the crowd. Yeah. That's kind of what um, I said. So. How does this work? Do I just raise my hand? You can just go to... ahead and say what you want to say. Go ahead. Right. Yours, my uh, you know, I'm a teacher as my shoot job. So I'm very anal about that. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I agree. So my thing is, right, like from the promoter's perspective is every time the, the news comes out about this like wave of releases, it's like, obviously it's it's terrible. You never want to like, you know, celebrate someone losing their job. That's a really shitty thing to do. Uh, you know, as a promoter, though, your initial uh, response is that besides the shock, depending on who it is. Um, your initial response is, you know, excitement because you're like, oh, wow, all of these new talents have now entered the the pool, the free agent pool. Uh, and these are all people that we could potentially bring in and the dream matches and the, you know, all, all this stuff. But then if you're a s- smart promoter, uh, you got to kind of rein yourself in a little bit, right? Because you got to realize that realistically, you know, unless you're one of these you know, money marks that run these super cards and have unlimited, you know, talent and, and resources, there's really no way to do that. So you got to think in terms of like, you know, okay, what's going to be the best bang for your buck? Um, you could run, a, you know, a, a super card with, you know, put together all these dream matches with all of these new free agents that have just entered the talent pool. Um, and you can make your money back pretty easily on that uh, if you go about it right. Or uh, can I bring in, you know, someone who has just been, you know, released that I know can work and have them work with one of my upstarts, have them work with somebody that I've had my eye on and that I've been cultivating, you know, it, it kind of almost, um, the saying, uh, you know, teach a man, uh, give a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, by using an established talent to build up someone that you've already, you know, that you've been working on now, you now have a homegrown draw that you can use, you know, for the future moving forward. So I think like, it's really going to come down to our promoters going to be able to kind of exercise that self-control and really be judicious about the way that they use, uh, you know, the, all the, this influx of talent. Um, and I think as far as, you know, uh, the workers on the indie scene, hopefully, you know, you agree with me, Cliff, is that I would say it's just motivation to work harder. Uh, honestly, you know, with all this new competition coming in, like I said, the circumstances right now uh, have even the playing field. They really have, you know, it's, it's not, it's no longer a case where, you know, guys are coming in and they're automatically being bumped up the card because, they're a former WWE superstar that doesn't carry as much weight as it used to now. Um, you know, so the playing field is very much even, you know, these guys are re-entering the independent circuit and they're very much, you know, coming in at the same level and still having to kind of earn their keep um, as everyone else. And it's, it's exciting. It should be exciting. Um, but that's my take on it. No. And I, I do agree, right. That like, it one it forces you to really like take a look inside yourself and then like make sure that you you have what's inside of you and as a worker I say this that you have inside of you that grind ability that's going to make you stand out and continue to stand out right and to evolve and change and work hard 
the other part that I really would like to see, right, is like, let's say, well, let's say Invictus, right? Invictus brings in Shane Strickland, right? And you're like, hey, we have Swerve. Swerve Strickland is here on the card. We're going we're gonna to utilize him. Cool. What are we going to do with him, right? Like, well, we're going to get him with a bunch of other wrestlers, and they can run like a seminar, and they can learn from him, and that helps grind him up. And then, like you said, we're going to put him with, like, another talent, which, by the way, full transparency, I want to see it done. And if you can make this happen, this would be awesome. Uh, if we could get, you know, Swerve Strickland, Isaiah Scott, whatever he's going to go by, Swerve and get Jill in a match together, you got all my money. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> no, I mean, well, a more tangible, like an, an actual example of this would be um, – at Aftershock, which was our November show, uh, we brought in Danhausen, um, you know, from Ring of Honor. And the thing is that we, you know, when we had the, you know, to pull back the curtain a little bit, when we had the booking meeting and we had him, you know, we had him confirmed, but we didn't know who we would put him against yet. We were running down all these names of the, um, you know, all these like indie darlings that, you know, he could probably put on great matches with, entertaining matches with. And we were like, well, wait a second. Like Dan Housen works this kind of like, you know, it's a more comedic style, but he can go in the ring. Um, I, we said, uh, you know, uh, who do we know that kind of is similar? Like, you know, they have like a, they do the gimmick thing, but they can also go in the ring. I said, oh, um, maybe our champion. And we said, all right, there's our main event. So, you know, again, if we're bringing in Danhausen, we could have used him, you know, to, uh, you know, just to put a marquee match up on the thing, a big dream match. But I feel like we, you know, we took a chance and it paid off. We had him get in there with Leroy, who's a great talent. Don't get me wrong. But as far as, uh, you know, renown and, and draw ability, he's wasn't quite at Danhausen's level. But, you know, by having him get in there with him, we, we you know. Right he's he's elevated now as a result so that's a more tangible example i think from if we're looking at you know invictus um and yeah. yeah and i like and i like and also when i saw that card too i was like that's that yeah. is like one of the most fun matches like i would love to see like play out because <laughs> yeah, no, you know awesome dan housing get well housing all right we'll see you when you when you make your reemergence. um JJ, do you want to weigh in? Honestly, I'm just soaking it all in. I'm I'm just listening. <laughs> I, I um, yeah, just like I was just, just listening to how you talk about the process, like being a booker and all that, and oh, what should we do? I just just wanted to take it in, so I'm just like listening. I, I'll try I'll chime in when I have something, but yeah, I'm just. Uh, no, I feel you, man. It's it um. Don't get me wrong. It's 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 extremely frustrating. I'm I'm streamlining it, but. But uh, yeah, it, it is the most tedious and frustrating thing. I, I said on another interview uh, podcast that I was on it, the booking is simultaneously the most fun part of running a promotion and the most frustrating part. It is like literally the best and worst part of, of running a company. I mean, you seem to be doing all right. I don't see any gray hairs on you. So you're not stressed out too much. Uh, yeah, this is uh, men's... Uh, such a gray you know i do a good job uh i remember i remember like talking to you i think it was like two weeks prior to us showing up to the invictus event and you were like 
all right, I'm just gonna be honest. I don't answer any messages like the week of like the show because I'm just like, I don't know. No, I'm like, yeah, don't. That's why, like, yeah, I, I tell this to workers all the time. Like, you know, if you when you message the promoter like the night before and be like, hey, brother, like, you got any spots open? Like, don't do that. <laughs> like, they they have a million other things that they have to worry about the night before. That's why, unless you know the guy, unless you know the promoter, right? Well, even at that, like, still be yeah, even that, yeah, like. Boundary, boundaries are good. Boundaries yeah, are good and that's why I was like, beforehand, you're like, hey, we have, we have, when do you next time? I was like, just send me the dates. I will legit, like, there's very, okay, so Keith, by the way, hi, Keith, is in the chat room, too. He's from SCWA, actually, in Glendale, West Virginia. He's one of those dudes that, like, if he sends me, like, sends me the dates or just tells me when the shows are going to be, or even just tells me, tells Nick to tell me, like, I just, that date is locked in for that company, and then, yeah. So I'm the same way with Invictus because like I like I said, I genuinely enjoy your product. And I remember like when I first saw it, like really getting put together and Mike Verna was on the show and I was like, yo, I love Mike Verna. <laughs> I was like, so I was like, let me lock into this place. And then I talked to Ben. Ben's like, yeah, I'm in this in this place. I was like, oh, I'm definitely paying attention to locking this place down. <laughs> so I watch. It is. And you guys have such a fun product and I love watching all the guys. And like you said, the locker room is just mad chill like everybody's just super cool and i'm just like oh this is like a second home and i was like i can't wait to keep coming up here and just like hanging out so leave your leave your egos at the door that's our that's our rule love it so we're gonna go talk about it it's our next segment temp check so how temp check works talk about your hottest wrestler talk about your coldest wrestler talk about your wrestler warming up talk about your wrestler who's out of the box in a box it doesn't really matter just talk about what you want to talk about so when we talk about temp check tell us about who you think is the hottest wrestler or the coldest wrestler coming out this week alex we're gonna go with you first oh um coming out of this week uh you know what? Come, come back to me i gotta i gotta kind of rack my brain a little bit here <laughs> all right <laughs> So JJ, give us that. Give us that hottest or coldest wrestler. Um, so I got two hot wrestlers right now, and we we're actually going to talk about them further in the debate show. Um, Punk and MJF. They are red stinking hot right now. Um, we'll talk later about the promo. I don't want to get too much into it. Uh, my coldest wrestler is Tony Storm. Oof up breaks for her <laughs> um all right so for me the hottest wrestler for this week i mean he's not here to say it so i'll say ah. my tribal chief your tribal chief, <laughs> the man that sits at the head of the table himself roman reigns especially after what happened with Smackdown, whatever happened at Survivor Series, because we can't forget that that was actually this week, this past week too. So yes, Roman Reigns is that hot wrestler for this week. Um, I will say coldest wrestler though. Somebody let me know where Kofi is. Mm. You know, you know what? That's that that is that's a good one. And I love Kofi, but ice. 
So we go back. Alex, what do you got? All right. Thank you for letting me collect my thoughts a little bit. Um, okay. For hot wrestlers, I got, I'm going to avoid again, the obvious ones. Um, because you know we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about punk and MJF, uh, <laughs> but um, I'm actually gonna go with Kingston, Eddie Kingston. I feel like Ooh. coming off of, first of all, I fucking loved his match with Punk. Um, I thought it was great, and then uh, to have him you know pick up the win against Garcia uh, this past week, I felt like that was like a good booking decision as far as kind of like letting the fans know like hey he's not going anywhere um you know even though he he you know ate the loss uh he's still very much a force to be reckoned with i love kingston i've loved him since he was on the indies i am just so happy that he's in a place where he's being used properly um his i mean his on the mic uh just his his brawling ability in the ring i mean he just he makes it feel real um he really he he just gets you hook line and sinker so he's one that i would put um yeah that i would uh, that i would say is is hot right now um as far as a cold wrestler yeah i you know i gotta agree with you on the tony storm front and the only thing is, like, I know it's no fault of her own. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like, because I, listen, I was a huge fan of her. Like, um, uh, I was a big Progress fan, uh, like the UK Indies when it was, you know, rest in peace. Like, but uh, her run in Progress was amazing um, when she was the first uh, uh, women's champion over there. So, like, again, I know what she's capable of. I just feel like, WWE have just been putting so much stock into Charlotte and Becky and, you know, the same couple names over and over again, that they're really not leaving room um, to, you know, create any more stars in the women's division. And I think we're really seeing that play out now uh, with Tony. So that's my cold. As far as someone heating up, um, Jonah. Yes. I think he dropped the oh rock. Oh my God, yes. Part, but he's, mark my words, uh, he's going to be one to watch because um, I've noticed, and this is going back to like Cody when he left WWE. Remember the list that he had? I've noticed that the the wrestlers that really like when they get cut from WWE and they kind of take it in stride and they really grab the reins as soon as they get out. Like I've noticed that they're the ones that sort of set themselves on a trajectory and Jonah, just based on what I've seen, like in this past week or past couple weeks, like he's on that trajectory, like already showing up in new Japan in impact. Like he's getting busy. like right off the bat and he's another he's one that like you know everyone's talking about like keith lee like as the big disappointment but like to me jonah was right up there as far as like a charismatic like super heavyweight goes i was extremely disappointed with what happened so i'm excited to see uh where, where he takes it from here but yeah he's definitely on my heating up radar yeah Jonah, like, Jonah is one of those guys that I'm like, yes, 100%. I was so hyped to see him. And then 
Yep. No pun intended, but the impact that he made with Josh Alexander okay. was like, yes, 100%. You know, uh, a person I'm going to put into my heating up, if you guys haven't been paying attention to MLW, you need to be. He's a friend of the show. He's one of my really good friends slash acquaintances. Alex Kane, open weight, uh, open weight champion. By far, bro, congratulations on the title. Just super hyped for you. And I was just seeing the episode where he won it. I was like, this is amazing. I'm so hyped for him. So, yes, that would be my guy who I think is warming up. I was, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was after the um, the unification match with Fatu and Hammerstone. I was yeah. very curious, like, where they were going to go from there. Um, because they signed so many new guys. I said, this is an opportunity right now to really, like, call your next shot. And um, I'm very happy they went with Kane. I uh, um, I saw him for the first time at the uh, dang it, it was the um, what's the big battle riot? Okay, uh, battle riot in Philly. Um, and I was just yeah, I was just blown away. His intensity he reminds me of of Lesnar, honestly. Um, I know Lesnar is a bit polarizing, but like I'm, I'm talking about like the good side of Lesnar, you know, like um, but just the intensity and the yeah, just spamming suplexes. Like who doesn't pop for that? Like it's it's great. So yeah, I'm I'm super excited to see uh, where they go from there, and I'm glad that they I'm glad they went with putting the open weight belt on a, a younger guy. Yeah, me too. I I genuinely love watching MLW. Like I know they have it on YouTube. You can watch it on Access TV as well, and they're on Vice. So you guys can watch their show pretty much like everywhere. But uh, yeah, I was super, super, super hyped seeing him just kind of explode on the scene. And we invited him on the show and he came on. We did an interview with him. And I, I'll be honest, I did it off of like TikTok. I just saw a message and I told him, I was like, I was like, hey, do you want to come on my show? And he was like, yeah. And then like, I was like, I'll send you a message on IG. And then like from there, we just started trading stories back and forth. And then like, so, you know, like we had him on the show and we were like, I genuinely was like, I don't even know how we accomplished this. <laughs> like, yeah, he's good. He's one of those guys. He just has that intensity about him. So um, I'm excited. Sky's the limit. Side note, and this is on a sidebar conversation. If we go into our second, have you ever reached out to a person that you want to try to book on the show, and then they just respond, and you're just like, they actually responded to me. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to drop names. I'm just getting curious. <laughs> well, no, you know what the crazier thing is. Uh, when you're a promoter, like, and a big name reaches out to you, because like they're going to be in the area and they're trying to get another booking. And mm-hmm. again, I'm not going to name names, but like, yeah, I've, I'm guilty of it. I've had my mark out moments. Uh, but yeah, I, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I did, and actually, uh, on an episode that we did, I did. I just write it on the spot. I didn't. We started a show, and I was like, I'm just going to be honest. Just gonna fangirl for a quick second before we go into it. <laughs> and I did. I went with it and I was like, this is it was just too funny. So we do have some comments in really quick. Um, yeah, I'll get to you, JJ. We have some comments in really quick. Uh someone, uh Rodney, what's up, bro? Uh said that Kofi had a baby. And that's why he hasn't been on TV for a while. So oh, thank you. Then I'm gonna go with the second per one, congratulations. Then I'm gonna go with my second person who I have a degree, Tony Storm. Okay, they made it look like an idiot on SmackDown. Just having her get pied in the face twice and just take it. And and here's where I'm about to go because you mentioned Tony Storm and I saw this comment on Wrestle Talks, uh, one of their videos from like yesterday. 
It was like Tony Storm's main roster run so far. Beats Zelina Vega in debut. Doesn't have a match for almost two months. Gets involved in Liv Morgan's, at the time, endless feud with Carmella. <sighs> Loses to Zelina Vega in the first round of the Queen's Crown Tournament. And what wasn't even the worst thing in the tournament on that episode of SmackDown. Yeah. First one eliminated for Team SmackDown at Survivor Series. To be fair, she was eliminated by Liv Morgan, who needed the momentum going into a feud with Becky. But it doesn't matter because Liv gets eliminated right after that. And then she gets pied on her face by Charlotte. It's not very fun. That is horrible. I mean, I could only think of one other thing that would be worse is if, like, you're the very first NXT draft pick for the draft, and then you get utilized in a promo, and then you don't have a match, and then you get used in another promo, and then you get cut. I'm not, I'm not going to put names out there. But, you know, they may have had a hit row somewhere on there but let's jump in to our next debate topic which this is gonna be fun i can't wait so a lot of people are saying it if you didn't you've probably been living under a rock uh it's no secret we're gonna talk about it here aew opening up right away right with cm punk mjf in the promo and a lot of people have said it is the greatest promo battle of all time and we're going to be here to talk about it. Is it? I don't know. But we're going to start with JJ first. So, JJ, what do you think about CM Punk, MJF being the greatest promo battle of all time? Mm, I, I, it's kind of hard when you say, oh, this is the great, you know what I mean? With, you know, your mindset and it's like recency bias. I like the, I like the promo. I felt like and it was more like a roast session. And I'm and I'm here for that. Um, the greatest ever, um, probably not, but it's definitely up there. And I would say that it's definitely probably one of the best, if not the best, promos of this year. Um, all things considered, uh, I think we have to tone down on the greatest moments yet. We got maybe got to wait like another like five years to actually see like the impact. That it, that it had on, you know what I mean? Before we can really start saying, like, greatest promo battle ever type of shtick. But um, it was definitely a, a, an amazing promo by both of them. Uh, there was definitely a lot of Easter eggs thrown, even, like, you know, WWE shots. Who doesn't like them? I know some people hate them, but, you know, it, it's it's going to happen. Um, I, I thought it was I thought it was a good great promo. Well, not good, but a really great promo. And but I don't think that we can say that it is the greatest of all time just yet. Okay, cool. Alex, what you think? Um. Yeah. Again, I, I think it was great. I enjoyed it. Um, greatest of all time again i think that there is a recency bias like you know um give it a few years let's see if it holds up it's you know it it was good it did everything that it had to um you know punk mjf that's a match that just sells itself really um so anything you know promo wise is really just icing on the cake in my opinion um but uh yeah you know it was 
unpopular opinion. I think it went a little too long. I don't think that. Thank any, you. Yep. I don't think any promo segment needs to go 18 minutes. Um, <laughs> and I know that a lot of that was like padding for like the audience reactions and stuff like that. But like, you could trim the fat a little bit. Um, yeah, I, it was it was good. It was the the barbs were as sharp as I expected them to be. Um, I mean, now we're kind of entering into like, you know, if, if I was doing it, like what I would do differently, but um, I, I kind of wanted, and it's not too late for them to do it. And I hope they do, but I would really, they, they mentioned it, but they didn't dig into it as much as I wanted them to like dig into the whole, like, you know, the fact that like MJF like grew up watching punk and was a fan of his, like, I wanted punk to take that picture of you know that picture that's going around the internet the one of like little <laughs> 10 year old mjf like at the meet and greet table with him i want to punk to show that shit on the titan tron <laughs> seriously like everyone all the fans have seen it like yeah like i'm saying like go for broke like that's something that's you know the the one thing right that really makes this feud unique is that age gap and that um the the fact that you know one grew up watching the other i mean we haven't had uh a really like highly anticipated feud again with with that age and kind of generational gap since you know rock hogan um and even then it was like you know the rock grew up in the business so it wasn't quite the same dynamic you know um but yeah i would like lean into that more i think for me like you know like that would be a perfect way to, you know, not only sell the match, but also like develop MJF's character a bit more. To me, I think heels are at their most interesting when they're vulnerable. Um, And I think like kind of exposing that, like an MJF, he's so braggadocious and he's so insufferable and he's so cocky, like, um, like dredging that up, like I think would really just be a great way to get into his head and develop into the character a little bit. Um, I don't know. Did any of you guys see the uh, documentary, um, the uh, Kenny Williams documentary? Kenny Williams? No, Kenny Johnson, is it? The um, documentary filmmaker. He did one on MJF like right before he got signed. And I was so upset about it because I was so invested in it. But like they did this whole thing where like they went to his house and like, pictures were like fake and he was like they sort of hinted at this whole like kind of like darker side of him that like he like his whole thing was like this projection and he was like you know his whole outward appearance was like fake like that really interested me like I thought that was so such so fascinating and like it made total sense for the character that like everything is just him like compensating for like you know the thing like so to me this is an opportunity to like revamp that um, and really add some dimension to the character. And I, I hope they, I hope they go for it. No, I don't want to lay off the rails. I'm sorry. No, no, no. And oh. I, I 100% like, I, I agree with everybody just kind of in the sense of saying that like, it's kind of recency. Re, I mean, let's be real. This was only a few days ago, but the biasness of it is like so fresh. People are just like, yeah, well, uh, we'll call it the greatest of all time. I was like, mm. I don't know, man. I was like, because when I look back at the Usos and the New Day, like those guys cut some serious promos on each other in the ring. Yeah. And I'm, just, I'm not even talking about the rap promo. 
there were some other ones that they did that were just so good, right? So I, I don't know if I could put it as the greatest of all time. Plus, we're not even talking about, you know, Michael's in, you know, Michael's in Austin or Rock and Hogan. And we're not talking about like, we're not even going further back, right? With Flair, just like the way he was able to cut his promos and like throw like sharp ass barbs before, like it was cool to throw the barbs. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is it is tough to say like, yeah, this is like one of the greatest promos of all time. I think it I think when we go when we go into the future, I'll definitely say, well, I, I should back that up first. Saying it's the greatest of all time. It will go down as one of the greatest of all time, just because of like the way they're able to interact with each other and even just play off of it. Like I I genuinely popped when, you know, <laughs> when Punk was like, Hey, uh, no, I just thought that MJF stood for my jealous fan. And then, you know, and if you knew, you knew, and if you didn't know, yeah. you found out later on Twitter <laughs> what that was a whole lot. Yeah, I, well, that, that's what I was going to say too, is that it accomplished what it needed to accomplish, which was that, um, you know, people have been saying for years, literally since he got signed, like people have been saying like, oh yeah, like MJF is like the next, uh, you know, Flair or the next Piper or the next, like, you know, just really convincing shit eating heel um and you know people have been saying like oh he's the best promo since you know and they're putting him in the same conversation as you know again the flares uh the the rocks the punks right uh, they're putting him in that conversation and that was always at least from what i'd seen that was always met with pushback um now, you know, for the first time, Tony Khan was in a position where, you know, like, okay, he's being compared to all these people. Well, now we got one of them on our roster and now we can actually put them. So it proved that, yeah, he can stand toe to toe with, you know, one of those, the greatest promos of all time. Um, yeah. And convincingly. So in that sense, yeah, it absolutely accomplished what it set out to. Um, I'm yeah, I'm curious to see. And again, it 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 um it accomplished what it set out to in terms of you know selling a story. I am invested. I am I am along for the ride at this point. This, yeah, because I want to piggyback on what you said, Alex, when you were talking about character work and how um how he was a big fan of punk. It's almost like um the syndrome effect is like what I call it, you know, syndrome from yeah. the incredibles. Yep. yep. Um he, what made him what made him such a compelling villain is that you know he was you know he loved mr incredible in that sense you know cm punk and then he just yep. you know he grew up maybe despised to hate him and he, he became the villain and i think like i just i just it just ticked on me i was like wait when you were talking about it, i was like oh this makes this makes so much sense it yep. reminds me of this and then, yeah, I said, yeah absolutely all yeah. in go all in it. It. yeah because this is a because it's a very unique circumstance that they have with that um it's not you know very often that you have you know two guys um getting involved in a feud with one another where that it, there is that differential in age and experience and things like that where you actually have one who is young enough to have idolized the other um lean into it like that's what i would do and like how awesome is it though because like like MJF, I think he's like 22, 23 years old, maybe getting close to 24. I'm not even sure. He's really, whatever it is, he's relatively young and he's so good. And they've not only put him up with one, 
but they put him up with two because he got to he got to have promo battles with Chris Jericho and I know you know John Moxley as well but that I wouldn't really caveat Moxley as like the greatest promo yeah. but yeah to have barbs back and forth with Jericho like and Punk like and you know and soon enough it will be with Sting right and that'll be a thing that happens no, it's yeah it's very clear I mean especially now with the four pillars thing going on I mean AEW has called their shot like yeah. they are fully 100% behind those four and MJF you know uh as much as I hate to agree with them uh in kayfabe you know he is right like I I do feel like he is a hair ahead of the others um just as far as like having the full package of you know being able to work and being charismatic and the look and everything um so I'm excited to see where it goes in in a sense this to me if they do it right this could be like his final I don't want to say test but like this could very much be his final like you know, uh, yeah, stepping stone, if you will. Yeah, but it's like this, yeah. Because if he, I mean, with with how over Page is right now, I can't think of a better to eventually take that title off of him. If they're trying to create another star, create another top heel or a new top heel. Yeah. No, I, I think I think you're right on the nose with it. You know, and even he said it too, like on the show. It's not like a matter of if, but when he becomes champion, he's 100% right. Like he is a future champion in AEW. To be honest, he's a future champion in pretty much any promotion that he wants to walk into. Like, I don't, oh, yeah. I, I don't, he's like we say, like there's certain people that are like, especially like in WWE that we talk about have like the total package. And then like, for some reason, like they just don't, they don't explode like they should. But MJF is one of those dudes who legitimately, like, he's got great mic work. He's a great worker. He's got this technical ability is just through the roof. And then the crazy part is he doesn't take any, like, massive bumps. So you're talking about a guy who wrestles, like, and I don't want to, if you see this, I'm not trying to say this, MJF, but he works a safe style similar to, like, The Miz, which allows him to have such a long career. And he's going to be one of those guys. And it's going to be awesome. I got to put over um, Creative Pro for that. Because only because we we use a lot of their guys and MJF yeah. is from there. But uh, yeah, they're one of the best schools um, in the Northeast for that reason is that they they just have this kind of like conservative approach to training uh, their their students just like yeah you don't need to take crazy bumps uh to to sell a match to sell a story to do it they're all about like making the little things count and just really it's all about the performance for them and the character work and they're just very good with uh you know uh, just drilling that home and it's no surprise when you look at who runs it uh you know it's it's um brian myers fka kurt hawkins and uh cardona i believe comes in and helps him yeah. So hi Phil. <laughs> Put it out there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean I you know what it's it's cool to see. And like I said, these guys are gonna have like nice long careers because 
it's it's crazy when you say like creator pro really does make like these great workers who know how to tell good stories and don't have to do anything crazy like sorry i i love watching darby allen work right but those bumps are going to catch up to him and people are going to be like "Mm, that's the reason why he's kind of walking the way he's walking you know but yeah right now he gets to enjoy what he's doing and i'm I'm grateful worried absolutely but grateful (laughs) yeah that's it's true but that is it we only have two debate topics and like i said at the top of the show there's no red dot power rankings you guys got the match of the week okay so enjoy it all right next week we'll have it back all right it's a thing but for right now oh we also got to mention too guys if uh you guys need to which you guys should because it's you know the weekend of black friday christmas is around the corner you guys need stuff to buy right right behind me you guys see the merch okay Three Count Podcast. You guys can find that on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Three Count Podcast. You guys can follow us on all your favorite social media platforms at Three Count Pod or on Twitter at Three Count underscore pod. Go follow us and, you know, give us likes, follow, subscribe. Subscribe to us here on YouTube. Subscribe to us on Facebook. Subscribe to us wherever you see us. Ramble, Rumble, uh, you know, OnlyFans, OnlyFans TV, not OnlyFans. All right. We, that's just what we do. Okay. Um, but Alex, go ahead and let them know where they can find you as well. Oh yeah, um, make sure to follow Invictus Pro Wrestling on all our social media platforms. Keep up to date on all the cool stuff we got coming up. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Invictus Pro W R E One. Follow us on Facebook, Invictus Pro Wrestling, and you can follow us on Instagram at Invictus Pro Wrestling. There you go. JJ, let them know about what you got going on with the YouTube channel. All right. So um, on my JJ Reviews uh, YouTube channel, I just uh, put up a, it was on Thanksgiving, I put up a Spider-Man No Way Home trailer breakdown. I uh, went scene by scene because I know that's probably one of the hottest movies coming up in about like three weeks or so. So I did a little trailer breakdown. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little long, but I think you guys will enjoy it. So go check it out and yep that's all i have so not only do we talk about this weekend podcast but also guys if you guys need to which you guys should pro wrestling tees for slash the underscore red dog 85 or what a maneuver.net for slash collections for slash red dog of course you know and then you guys can find me on all your social media platforms at the underscore red dog 85 you guys know what that means you gotta take this home Okay, I say this all the time on the interview show. We got to take this home, all right? This is it. This is it. It's the finish, okay? It is what it is. Guys, thank you for coming and hanging out with us for a little bit. We love you guys, and we will see you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Hey, guys. It's the host of The Three Count, you know, Chaz Evans here. Make sure to let you know that I don't run shit. I don't do shit. I just talk shit. And uh, make sure you subscribe to our podcast, um what else did you do you should also follow us on all social medias that's the facebook at three count podcast the instagram at three count pod and the twitter at three count underscore pod also if you like us a lot a lot you should definitely buy a a t-shirt at pro slash three count pod and that's the number three don't be an idiot and type in t-h-r-e-e because you're not going to find anything so make sure you Follow us at 3CountPod or 3Count underscore pod on Twitter and buy a shirt. Be there or be somewhere else.